This is Sunrise, the who, what, when, where, why, and WTF of Florida politics. I'm Rick Flagg reporting from Tallahassee, where the governor has returned from his trip to Texas, where he met with Florida officers patrolling the border with Mexico. The people that they're interdicting, uh, when they ask them where your ultimate destination, now these are the Florida guys we're talking about here, 70% of the people they have interdicted said their ultimate destination is to the state of Florida. As the governor was helping fuel the culture war out west, COVID was doing a number back home in the Sunshine State. We set a new low last week in the number of vaccinations. In fact, so many Americans are refusing to get vaccinated that the U.S. Surgeon General says misinformation has become a threat to public health. During the COVID-19 pandemic, health misinformation has led people to resist wearing masks in high-risk settings. It's led them to turn down proven treatments and to choose not to get vaccinated. This has led to avoidable illnesses and death. Simply put, health misinformation has cost us lives. Florida also had more than 45,000 new cases of COVID over the past week, and we were responsible for more than 20% of the new cases in America. A setback for the governor's plan to ban vaccination passports on cruise ships sailing from Florida. A federal appeals court has overturned a lower court ruling that says the CDC overstepped its bounds regulating the cruise industry. Unemployment was up slightly in June, the third month in a row where the rate ticked up by one-tenth of one percent. There was, however, a big increase in the labor force. Florida's June 2021 labor force was up 83,000 from one month ago. This over-the-month increase in the total labor force was driven by an increase in both employed people and unemployed people. It brings the labor force to a new high point since the beginning of the pandemic. The state also added more than 80,000 new jobs in June. That's good news regardless of the higher unemployment rate. We'll also have your calendar of political events and the stories of two Florida men. One broke into an airport and tried to hide in a Coast Guard plane. The other doused a store full of people with anti-bear spray to make his escape with some stolen candles. And now the top stories on Sunrise for Monday, July 19th. This is Global Hug Your Kids Day and National Daiquiri Day. On this date in 1692, five more people were hanged for witchcraft in Salem, Massachusetts. Nineteen would eventually be murdered by the townsfolks. In 1848, the first U.S. Women's Rights Convention was held in Seneca Falls, New York. In 1941, the U.S. Army opened the first flying school for black cadets at Tuskegee, Alabama. Some of the Tuskegee Airmen were also trained in Tallahassee. In 1976, British rock group Deep Purple disbanded. And on this date in 1991, Mike Tyson raped a Miss Black America contestant. As the number of COVID cases and deaths continue to rise in Florida, the governor heads to Texas to play Ranger. Ron DeSantis was in Del Rio Saturday, along with Attorney General Ashley Moody and Senate President Welton Simpson, to check on the progress of 50 Florida law enforcement officers who spent the past three weeks patrolling the border with Mexico. DeSantis sent the officers in response to a plea from Texas Governor Greg Abbott. When you made the call to ask for support, uh, obviously the federal government had abdicated its responsibility. You had to fill the void, but, but you just needed, you needed some help. I asked some of my folks at the state level, is this something we could support? But I didn't want it to be something where like dragging people out here. All of these guys are volunteers. They all want to be out here. They all want to, the first wave we did, they wanted to stay. They didn't want to go back because they, they understand how important the mission is. And I think part of it is when we've had issues in Florida, Hurricane Michael, Texas came, Hurricane Irma, Texas came, uh, Hurricane Matthew, Texas came, and in other, other instances. And so having mutual aid and working together as states is just something we always do. Uh, but I also think right before you made the request for support, I had been meeting with some of my rural sheriffs 
and they said the number one issue in our counties by far is the methamphetamine and 95 percent of it is coming right across the southern border mm -hmm. and so this is having a direct impact on the lives of people in florida and throughout the country and so we understood how significant that is especially if you don't have the resources the full resources of the federal government pulling in the right direction I think since then, what we've been able to learn and speaking with my guys here today, and yes, I was able to tour some of the sites, the people that they're interdicting, uh, when they ask them where your ultimate destination, now these are the Florida guys we're talking about here, 70% of the people they have interdicted said their ultimate destination is to the state of Florida. Wow. So this is something that every time there's a wave across that border, I'm not saying it's 70% in every single part of the border, but for here, it's the majority. Uh, forget about the no high number of criminal aliens, people that have been arrested in the past. That obviously creates a public safety concern if they're going into your own, your own states and your communities. But just the scale of this, in terms of the stress on public resources, school, medical, all these other things, this is going to greatly impact communities throughout Florida and, and I think throughout the country. So we appreciate the folks that have been, um, that have been here. Uh, we think that um, that which you, your success is really America's success. We need this to work. Obviously, we'd like to see the old policies previous administration just simply put back in because we know that would solve a lot of it. Uh, but until we get to that point, the states are going to have to step up. They have enough fentanyl uh, just seized in June to kill hundreds of millions of people, almost 70 percent of our country based on just June, the fentanyl that's coming in. So, so this is a really, really big problem. And I was able to see both by where the border wall is being constructed, as well as just people just coming across the Rio Grande. And you have people who have property and people are just going through their property. So we were able to see that as well. So we appreciate uh, you stepping up where the federal government won't. Uh, we understand how important this is to, to not just Texas, but to other states. And we are absolutely uh, it's going to see impacts in Florida and in other states if we don't turn the tide on this. So thank you. Well, well thank you, Governor. I think we, uh, Texas and, and me personally, we thank uh, Governor DeSantis and as well as the other officials from Florida who are here with us today. We appreciate uh, your support, uh, whether it be in personnel resources, whether it be aircraft, whether it be boats. Uh, but we need all the manpower we can get uh, to repel the incredible number, the record-breaking number of people who are, who are coming across the border. The official reason for the visit was to check in with the Florida officers who volunteered for this assignment. The real reason, of course, is playing to the base and raising money for future campaigns. DeSantis is running for re-election next year and considering a run for the White House in 2024. His political committee sent out a fundraising pitch shortly after that press conference in Texas was finished. While DeSantis was fiddling in Texas, COVID was burning through the Sunshine State. The Florida Department of Health announced Friday there had been 231 more fatalities, increasing the resident death toll to 38,395. The state also reported 45,604 new cases of COVID-19, which is almost double the number from the previous week. A new White House report shows Florida, which was one of the first states to abandon COVID-19 precautions, now leads the country with more than 20 percent of all new COVID cases. Our testing positivity rate is back up in the double digits, another sign the pandemic is making a resurgence. In fact, the only stat that seems to be dropping is the number of vaccinations per day. 
So why is this happening? Well, remember that Florida was one of the first states to reopen after pandemic lockdowns and lift all the COVID restrictions. Governor DeSantis has prevented local governments from fining people who violate COVID-19 rules, and he convinced the state clemency board to pardon anyone arrested or fined for violating orders about masks or social distancing. He also championed a new state law banning businesses from requiring customers be vaccinated, which basically means that your right to infect people is more important than their right to be protected from the disease. Many Floridians followed the governor's lead, getting rid of their masks, giving up on social distancing, and here we are. Things have gotten so bad, the U.S. Surgeon General, Dr. Vivek Murthy, issued a new report saying COVID misinformation is now a major threat to public health in America. We have 160 million people who have been fully vaccinated, and hundreds of thousands of people each day are choosing to get vaccinated. That is all good news. But we are not out of the woods yet. Millions of Americans are still not protected against COVID-19. And we are seeing more infections among those who are unvaccinated. During the COVID-19 pandemic, health misinformation has led people to resist wearing masks in high-risk settings. It's led them to turn down proven treatments and to choose not to get vaccinated. This has led to avoidable illnesses and death. Simply put, health misinformation has cost us lives. On a personal note, uh, it's painful for me to know that nearly every death we are seeing now from COVID-19 could have been prevented. I say that as someone who has lost 10 family members to COVID-19 and who wishes each and every day that they had had the opportunity to get vaccinated. I say that also as a concerned father of two young children who aren't yet eligible for the vaccine. But I know that our kids are depending on all of us to get vaccinated to shield them from this virus. Now, health misinformation didn't start with COVID-19. What's different now, though, is the speed and scale at which health misinformation is spreading. Modern technology companies have enabled misinformation to poison our information environment with little accountability to their users. They've allowed people who intentionally spread misinformation, what we call disinformation, to have extraordinary reach. They've designed product features, such as like buttons, that reward us for sharing emotionally charged content, not accurate content. And their algorithms tend to give us more of what we click on, pulling us deeper and deeper into a well of misinformation. The Florida Department of Health reports 127,000 people were vaccinated over the past week. That is the lowest weekly number since the program began. Officials fear vaccination gaps and the highly transmissible Delta variant will lead to even more cases in the near future. One other bit of news on the COVID front, Florida's lawsuit against the CDC has been overturned by a federal appeals court in Atlanta. Governor DeSantis and Attorney General Ashley Moody sued the feds, claiming the CDC went too far when it ordered cruise ships to stop sailing during the pandemic. The trial court agreed with Florida's lawsuit, saying the CDC exceeded its authority and was hurting the state financially. However, the appeals court says the CDC's COVID-19 guidelines for cruise ships returning to operations are not suggestions. They are rules and need to be obeyed governors expected to appeal that decision. In a separate federal case, Norwegian Cruise Lines has sued Florida Surgeon General for the right to require all passengers to be vaccinated against COVID-19 once it restarts its Florida cruises on August 15th. The governor issued an executive order prohibiting the use of so-called vaccine passports, and he convinced the legislature to pass a new law doing the same thing. But the cruise line says Florida does not have the right to limit their safety standards. More Floridians are going back to work, but our unemployment rate is up for the third month in a row. Adrian Johnston is the chief economist at the Department of Economic Opportunity, the state's unemployment office. Florida's seasonally adjusted unemployment rate in June 2021 was 5.0 percent. 
This unemployment rate represented 523,000 jobless individuals out of a labor force of 10,398,000. Florida's June 2021 unemployment rate was a 0.1 percentage point increase from the May 2021 rate. Hendry County and Putnam County tied for the highest unemployment rate at 7.6% each, followed by Highlands County at 7.5%. Monroe County had the state's lowest unemployment rate of 3.5%, followed by St. John's County with 4% and Okaloosa County with 4.3%. There are a couple of things that really stand out in this report. Johnston says there was a big increase in the labor force. That's a total of all the people who are now working or are actively seeking employment. Florida's June 2021 labor force was up 83,000 or 0.8% from one month ago. This over-the-month increase in the total labor force was driven by an increase in both employed people and unemployed people. It brings the labor force to a new high point since the beginning of the pandemic. It's a reflection of people who are both confident that they can leave their current employment and find something new. So that means they've left their job uh, voluntarily without a job necessarily lined up. So they're actively seeking work. So that means there's a lot of confidence out there that people are going to find something um, to, um, to better themselves. Um, so that's a very positive sign. And then you also see people who are um, re-entering the labor force. So they may have uh, left the labor force for um, a variety of reasons, and they're coming back in showing confidence that they they believe that they're going to find a job. And then you have new entrants, so people who had never participated before coming in. And so that's really what's driving our labor force growth. Um, and that's, that's a positive sign that people are uh, both adding jobs and then connecting to them. The other number that catches your eye in the June unemployment report is the number of new jobs added last month, 81,300. Johnston says that's the most in more than a year. Total non-agricultural employment rose to 8,698,200 jobs in June 2021. This was up 81,300 jobs, or 0.9%, from May 2021. All 10 major industry sectors in Florida gained jobs over the month. This is the first time that has occurred since February 2019. Leisure and hospitality gained 41,500 jobs over the month, followed by government at 12,000 jobs, and trade, transportation, and utilities at 8,000 jobs. The leisure and hospitality industry accounted for 51% of the total job gains over the month. The 81,300 jobs gained in June is the largest increase in a single month since June 2020. 20 of the 24 metro areas in Florida had over-the-month job gains. The Tampa-St. Petersburg-Clearwater metro area gained the most new jobs with 11,900. The Sebring metro area grew at the fastest rate of 4%, adding 1,000 jobs. Other metro areas with notable job growth were the Orlando-Kissimmee-Sanford metro area, adding 8,900 jobs, the Miami-Miami Beach-Kendall metro area, adding 8,300 jobs, and the Northport-Sarasota-Bradington metro area, adding 8,200 jobs. There's one question this unemployment report will not answer, though. Johnston says it's too soon to tell if the governor's decision to cut off federal jobless benefits at the end of June is driving people back into the workforce because the latest estimates are based on conditions in mid-June. That's before the change took place. Your calendar of events today, while the Social Services Estimating Conference meets at 9 to analyze caseloads and expenditures in the TANF program. That stands for Temporary Assistance for Needy Families. The state's Domestic Security Oversight Council meets at 10 in Tallahassee. At 11.30 in Orlando, the Tiger Bay Club of Central Florida holds a panel discussion titled Be Our Guest, Tourism's Valiant Return to Central Florida. 
and the Revenue Estimating Conference meets, too, to talk about tobacco taxes. Police in Doral are searching for the Florida man who unleashed a can of bear mace at a mall. Investigators say the guy was stealing candles from Bath and Body Works at Miami International Mall and sprayed somewhere between 30 to 35 people before escaping. He was last seen leaving the mall in a taxi and could be charged with dozens of felonies if they catch him. Finally today, a Florida man is busted for gate crashing at the St. Petersburg Clearwater Airport. Officials say 36-year-old Hamilton Moreno drove through a fence across the runway to a U.S. Coast Guard station where he abandoned the car in a hangar and then fled on foot. They found him sitting in the cockpit of a Coast Guard C-130. No one was injured. No aircraft were damaged. Moreno's charged with fleeing and eluding, trespassing, grand theft auto, habitual traffic offender, burglary, and two counts of criminal mischief. Plus, federal charges may be filed when the investigation is complete. That's it for today's episode of Sunrise. I'm Rick Flagg in Tallahassee, inviting you to join us again tomorrow as we plumb the depths of Florida politics.